0: The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your
1: song. And welcome, everybody, to our Daily Gun Show. Come to you live every weeknight at midnight Eastern for about an hour. We talk about guns. We host it over on gunchannels.com a community that's five years old, a bunch of people that get together that are interested in firearms, built by people that are interested in firearms. Lots of cool stuff to do over there. More importantly, lots of cool people. And uh, if you're into activism, if you're into education, if you're into uh, content creation or just watching people do that kind of stuff, uh, check it out. And we're watching the comments from the people that are watching us live over there. We appreciate the people that join us. We're not uh, really a radio show here. It's really just a panel discussion that happens every night. With the goal of well promoting gun shows and keeping the conversation about guns going to that end we got people joining us from all over the country gary is jumping in from kansas thanks for joining thanks for the invite you bet thanks for always jumping in you're one of the more consistent panel members and i appreciate that got uh woods jumping in from Pacific northwest and uh thanks again for jumping in
0: thanks for the invite g
1: always roosted i uh, jumping in from Minnesota. Thanks for joining. Hey, everybody, thanks for the invite, G. Always, and then uh, Ted is jumping in from Nevada. So thanks for joining. Yeah.
2: Great to be here, thanks for the invite.
1: Yep. So I'm um, down here in Arizona. looks like we've got pretty much the west part of the country with uh, maybe the Midwest. I don't know, what do you call Kansas? It get stuck in the Midwest, I guess? Central?
3: Uh, yeah, Plains. Midwest,
1: yeah. I got a majority of the cover country covered. Oh, I see it up there. And then, uh, anyway, today's Thursday. It's episode seven hundred four. So we've been doing this show for a little while, and uh, on Thursdays we usually talk about. Um, we talk about on Thursdays training and CCW. So, if anybody's got any topics, we can throw them out there. Otherwise, uh, out to the uh, comments out here. Who's so got any chat about so where we've taken CCW or training? Hey. Okay. Just personal training.
2: What's
1: about that training?
2: Just personal training. You know, uh, going to the range a lot.
1: That's interesting that you say that. So, just the other day, uh, was it Dano posted it on the main page? Somebody else, but uh, somebody posted something interesting over here on the main page of Gun Channels, and uh, we use that as an opportunity to go jump over here. So, Gun Channels, like I mentioned, is a community. It's uh, focused on firearms. Uh, it's, uh, it's got some. It's a system, so it's got some structure to it. When you log in, you're on the main newsfeed. What i'm talking about is something that was posted on the main news feed a while back so i'm just scrolling down here and as i scroll down i'll be going through a bunch of things and uh we've got a couple of people on gun channels who are interested in training some more than others and uh, dan has always been real interested in training and i think he posted something from jaeger here it is and this isn't very long and I guess I'm not going to play the whole thing because I don't know what the deal is with copyright and it's on YouTube or whatever, but uh, basically if I can get to a still here of the whole thing, when he holds it up, we can uh, talk about what what his concepts are here. So if I screen share and bring that to full screen and get rid of that, let me move this over a little bit. He basically uh, breaks it down that uh, a lot of people say they go training, uh, or they go uh, practice on the uh, weekend and at the range, and just to clarify the definitions of words or whatever. You know, you can basically spend time at the range on a couple of different things. One would be actually truly training. One would be practicing, and one would be going out shooting. And they all have their merits or whatever. But you know, to be precise. Uh, He basically breaks it down that if you're headed to an actual training class to get coached and to learn skills and techniques from someone who's, you know, offering that, that would be your training. Uh, If you're practicing, uh, then are you taking the skills and techniques that you've learned at training and then applying them uh, with a plan? And that includes practicing without, you know, not at the range for all the things you can't really do most of the time at a range. And uh, and then he basically has you answer to those questions in like a flow chart here. And if you're actually going to actually train, that's one thing. But if you're calling it practice and you're really going out there without any kind of plan and you're just throwing lead downrange, uh, that it's shooting. So I don't know if people think about that or if that's too much for people and it's just easier to say, oh, I'm shooting. So that counts as practice all the time.
4: Okay, what are you talking about? Like what's the main topic i was listening but teddy
1: just said that he was headed out to the range to go practice and i'm challenging him on are you practicing or are you shooting
4: oh okay so are you are you practicing or are you shooting teddy
2: well the actual conversation was on training and i consider that anytime you go shooting and you try to better what you're doing you're training yourself you're training your reflexes you're training your stuff and he was mentioning jaeger but jaeger is military only in his approach and so he couldn't
1: be farther from the truth but go ahead
2: well everything that i've ever seen of him was that and he seemed it was uh you know what he considers training and what uh somebody who goes and practices and trains their reflexes and whatnot Mm -hmm. training would be different okay so i so according to the jaeger thing that he was saying all i do is i practice
1: No, all you do is you shoot. If you've never gone to training and you're not reinforcing skills that are established that you're actually working towards a goal, you're challenging yourself on areas that you're not comfortable with, you're shooting. If you're going to the range to reinforce marksmanship or to practice the things you're already good at, then it's just shooting, it's recreational shooting.
2: Right.
4: I mean, if are you wait, okay, Teddy? When you're going to the range, what are you doing? Are you just like... No, you, I have
2: specific goals that I want to reach.
4: Okay, like what?
2: Oh God, you wouldn't really want to know, would you?
4: I mean, as long as they're not vulgar, you know, I'm not that I'm kind not of girl.
2: Vulgar, but it's stupid to you guys, but you're not blind. I am. So I,
4: I know, <laughs> but I'm interested. That's why I'm asking. I'm interested. Okay. I mean, it's like patriot. You know, he shoots and he's blind. So I'm interested at...
2: I want to shoot a 1 MOA group at 300 yards with a 22 long rifle.
4: Okay. so I've come,
2: I've come really close.
4: So that's your, like, your training?
2: Well, that's a target, a goal that I want to reach. You asked what was the goal that I want to reach. And that would be the goal that I would want to reach. Because you have to be aware of the wind. You have to be aware of your breathing. You have to be aware of your posture. You have to be aware of everything to be able to do that kind of a group with a 22 long rifle at 300 yards.
4: Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's a that's a cool goal and all. I don't know. Uh, I mean, well, okay, let's start over. So... I was just seeing what Wood said. In reg- so we're talking about CCW training specifically CCW training. No one said no. Oh, any training at all?
1: Right. Training and Teddy said that that's something that he's been training for. That's where you came in. That's saying. Oh
4: about. okay. Oh uh, yeah, I mean that sounds cool. I'm pretty I, into that goal. Are you? How far away do you think you are from obtaining it?
2: Uh, It depends on the day, but I've gotten pretty close. I've gotten pretty close. I've gotten within maybe two and a half inches.
4: Damn. All right. All
2: all five bullets. You know, at 300 yards.
4: Yeah, that's a pretty good goal.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, for me, I consider that training but according to what uh, um, he was saying about Jaeger, is that that I'm not training, I'm just shooting. So that's okay. I'm just shooting then. But I do shooting with a goal, uh, a reason to go to the range and a reason to, you know, depending on no matter what the weather conditions and no matter what things are, to try to achieve a goal in my shooting.
1: Well, then it sounds like you're practicing.
2: Okay, I'm practicing then
4: yeah
2: i don't know that you practice your reflexes i think you have to train your reflexes especially i guess if you were talking about a ccw and whatnot that would also be training your reflexes would it not be
0: i know that um for myself i we don't have to have a ccw class so i've always had a ccw without a class and i have to admit that i've done a lot of just shooting recently and but then then practicing is more like dry fire uh the dry fire stuff that i've been trying to do and i didn't start doing that until i got here on gun channels because i honestly had never heard of it um but then sometimes i go shooting with some of my ex-military friends so i'm gonna ask the question is it training if one of your friends is there that knows a lot more about firearms and shooting. It's like, like I got a friend that's an ex Marine that, you know, used to be a range master and all that. When I shoot with him, then I'm getting tips and training and showing how to do it. But then if I'm with my other friends, we're just shooting. So does that have to be a formal class to be training? That's a good question. It is.
4: Um, I don't, I mean, is it like a bros trip and your friends are like, Hey, try this. And you're like, Oh, okay. I will. And then your focus for the rest of the class is to like practice that technique. I mean, it's a form of training, right?
0: Yeah. Like, um, like I'll start shooting. And then I've got some bad forms that I've learned over time and it drives him batshit crazy. So he, he always stops me and then we stop. And then we work on something I'm doing wrong or something I'm even doing right. And then we try to do that for a little while and, you know, just repeat that, repeat that. And then the next time I go shooting, I would go with that, um, you know, that thing that he taught me. Um, but I haven't had a lot of formal training. Um, I mean, I had one maybe 20 years ago, but, uh, you know, it's been a long time, but I'm definitely more interested. And, then, you know, in going in gun channels, I realized that it isn't as expensive as I originally thought it was. So I'm going to definitely have to look into some more of that.
4: I have a question that's going to bounce off of what Woods just said, and I'm going to present it to the entire panel so we can go through. But how many of you have taken a basic, like, intro to firearms kind of thing, like pistol 101, rifle 101, shotgun 101, or, you know, anything like that? where It's like, you know, this is a gun, you hold it like this, you squeeze the trigger like this. Um, G-Webs, have you?
1: Uh, only to do instructor classes to teach those classes.
4: Okay, but but something like that. Um, Gizzard.
0: I haven't had any formal training whatsoever
3: outside of my CCL class.
4: Okay, and then, well, we'll circle back on that, because that's like a follow-up. Woods.
0: Um, no, never. Um, I took one when I was originally, before I became a teacher, I was going to be a cop. So I was part of a reserve academy and there was a shooting part of that. Like there was classes for that. And we had to qualify and stuff. But since then, no, that
5: was a long time ago.
4: Okay. Roosted?
5: I took a gun safety certification when I was 10. But other than that, I've never had any formal training. All
4: right. Um, Ted?
5: Yeah, Military. Both
2: in long rifle and in handgun.
4: Oh, okay. I mean we'll count that. That'll count. So I guess well, basic actually, training will count.
2: Not really because they they only teach you about the firearms you're using. They don't really teach you about all Yeah, firearms. but
4: they teach you like a good way to sc- squeeze the oh, trigger. Yeah, right?
2: Squeeze the trigger for a rifle and and everything for yeah, handgun. Absolutely.
4: Okay, I've taken um Sara so on me now, I've taken Like a, you know, basic this is guns. I've taken them a couple times because I take them with friends. You know how, like, girls go to the bathroom together? It's, like, easier to get more to go in a group. So, um, yeah, I've taken a couple. So, as a question to you guys, would you...
1: you... It would be better to do female firearms classes in the bathroom?
4: It might be. (laughs) Access to a sink. Um, But anyway, my question is, is to you guys, so would you, those of you who haven't had an intro kind of class, would you take one?
0: Yeah, it'd be fun. I would, yeah.
2: Yeah, I'd like to.
0: I I think I want to take one with my daughter who's just now getting into firearms, so I think I'm going to do what you did and try to round up a bunch of people and go together.
4: It's the best way, dude. That's like... That's my uh trick to get new people into shooting, because whenever you say, "We'll go to a class," it sounds I guess it feels more safe to them, and then they like it. but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess where I'm going with this for a uh, you know daily gun show is I think everybody should take guns 101.
0: It can't be a bad idea. It's not like you're not going to learn anything. Even if you think you know everything about guns, you're going to learn something along the way. It's a great idea.
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, even if, you, even if you've been shooting for 10 years, like if you've never taken a formal class like that, <clears throat> it's real interesting. And, and I mean, well, yeah, Woods, like you said, I mean, you'll learn something because there'll be some instructors there. And even if you're the best shot in the class, Maybe the instructor is a better shot than you or something, and he can give you a couple tips or she or whatever. And then it's just kind of, I don't know. It's a a fun little thing. But I definitely recommend um, at least something like that if you've never taken a formal class, but definitely go up from there.
1: Going back to Woods talking about uh, going out with people that are trying to give you some instruction or whatever. A big part of uh, learning is, uh, uh, what trying I say, like teaching others and uh, trying to instruct. So uh, I think that's a big part of it. And it might not be formal training for you, but it's reinforcing their info and getting it across to you so at least you're familiar with it and aware of it. Once someone's ultimately comfortable with something, of course, then they can provide coaching at a more intermediate level, right? So I guess it depends on your friends.
4: Yep.
0: Well, and then uh, I've got mm-hmm. several different friends that do the same thing. And uh, like it's interesting to see different perspectives because not that they'll tell me different stuff because it's, you I mean, you know you know, a lot of the fundamentals are the fundamentals, but just the way they approach them differently has always been interesting.
1: Sure. That's the difference between like martial arts or different musics and stuff too. Right. It's all the same instruments, all the same kicks and punches. It's the way that they approach it and the way that they combine them or whatever. So Angeline, you're talking about a guns 101. What are you talking about? NRA basic pistol. Very basic rifle? Because that's what I was thinking you're talking about. Are you talking about something different?
4: Yeah, it's something like that. It's, you know, intro, ladies pistol, whatever, ladies rifle. I've taken those. I've taken, like, I think the NRA ones.
1: Did these guys all just sign up to take ladies basic pistol?
4: Yeah. <laughs> just put on a wig. It's 2018. Yeah, That's a
2: great way <sighs> to make chicks. I was going to make that comment, but I that i wouldn't <laughs> you know today you, can, you know you can't de- identify a gender anymore so anyway
0: um so i have a, a follow-up question on that so if it's ladies basic pistol uh, don't need to meet any ladies i love my wife and all but i'm trying to get my daughter more into it she's you know kind of interested should i sign her up for that or should i sign her up for a class that i can be at too
4: um, I mean, I would say one that you can do together because Who?
0: his Doctor? daughter. How old is she? 25.
1: I'd say no. I'd say by yourself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I took, it's, you
4: I know. Took my
2: kids to uh, training uh, just because I wanted them to learn from somebody else in the beginning. And so, uh, but I didn't, I wasn't there. I mean i didn't participate Let then do the training with the trainer and so i didn't get in the way of the training
0: that's a good idea i think i would probably totally get in the way right that's good and to then, think about i appreciate that
2: and then when your kid goes shooting later my theory was that if they go shooting with me then i'm not sitting there going remember when he said you're supposed to do this or that you know you, you watch your kid just to go have fun
4: Well, take a class. Take your girlfriends, your boyfriends, your their friends or whatever it's called if there's not a gender. Um, But yeah, take a class. If you've never had any kind of formal training at all, start with that one and then, you know, um, that instructor might teach like another level of something or um, you can go to the great and powerful tactical response or something like that there's uh there's lots of options so training do it do it
1: all right well so training uh ccw anything one we also want to throw anything out at that one all right so that's good there so nope
2: No, the only thing that I would say about taking your kids or whatnot uh, may not be agreed upon by everybody, but um, I wanted them to find which firearms they were the most comfortable with as well, because I like a shotgun a lot, okay? And I would prefer a rifle over a handgun, personally, okay? and your kids may not be that way they may find other things that they enjoy and they think are better uh than what you think
5: that's That's true
0: go ahead
4: um everyone should shoot with what they're comfortable with so that's a good idea
0: so i think i figured out what i'm gonna get my daughter for christmas now
4: oh okay what are you getting
0: Some training. There you go.
2: There you go. That's a cool thing.
4: Go with her. Have a nice time. Enjoy a nice vegan lunch afterwards.
0: I was with you until the vegan lunch. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I guess they say French fries and beer is vegan.
0: There you go. As far as training goes, one thing I've always uh, that I, I'll have to admit that like things like tactical response seem really great, but I'm kind of intimidated to even think about going to that. Does anybody else kind of feel like that? Like, I don't think I have the skills to even be there. Wait, what was that again? Oh, things like tactical response and all that. I think they're great, but I don't think my skill set's even close to even being there. So I'm just like, I think some of it, some of us might find intimidating, you know.
4: If you have an open mind and an open heart, I think you you would do just fine.
1: Yeah, I don't know why you feel intimidated. There's, um, uh, it's not the case. So yeah, just feel like doing it, do it.
3: There's I nothing. Like that... I might be a little bit old for it, but
4: you know what? I know where you're coming from on that because when I had first kind of heard of the whole thing, I thought, whoa, that sounds like some shit that like. By the end of the weekend, you're like, did I just punish myself, you know, for like $1,000? But from things I've heard from people that have actually been to the class, and these aren't like popular people on the internet or anything like that. These are some dude that nobody even knows this guy's name and he, you know, saved up his money and went and they're all of different like abilities and skill levels. And by the end of it, I mean, they said, like, they had nothing bad to say. So, I mean, I think it's, like, I know that dude seems like a hard ass, but he's probably just, like, one of these guys that, like, he just wants to see everyone do good.
0: Yeah, I'm not doubting that at all. I mean, he's I'm I'm sure that he's in in for the benefit of, you know, and he's got to challenge you. I get that. So maybe it's just all in my head.
4: Well, boy it, it seems, like it about, seems
0: a way. Think about
1: anything you're going to tackle as far as a new skill set, um, you know, whatever it might be. If you look at the entire curriculum that the school or the place might offer, then, yeah, when you look at it, the stuff at the far end, the intermediate level stuff, it's going to look intimidating perhaps, but, you know, there's things, there's steps you take to progress to that. And then there's also areas of the curriculum you're never gonna encounter so if you can so if you're looking at like a some kind of operator class where people are getting ready to go overseas or to do executive protection so they're going to do things like you know, all kinds of weird vehicle stuff or you know throw stuff around or it seems like it's super uh athletic that's those intermediate things right when you're talking a basic level class at anywhere anywhere reputable the the initial level stuff isn't a a physical challenge other than maybe kneeling or laying down, and it isn't quickly going to, you know, a supine or laying down on your back and then getting up and doing it over and over again or anything. It's just maybe laying down and shooting from a supine or on your back position because the concept would be often you're aware you're in a fire in a gunfight when you just had a 2 by 4 hit you across the face and somebody's kicking you in the ribs. So in order to experience shooting from laying on your back, which most people haven't, they might take you through a drill or something where you're going to shoot from on your back. But, you know, does that sound physically difficult? I mean, it's, if that's a issue and you've got something where you can't lay down, then you can watch everybody else do it and do it from some alternative position. But these aren't like tests of skill or feats of strength or anything that you have to accomplish. 99% of it isn't. The technique, anyway, it's all about mindset, and it's about uh, the whole picture, and really removing people from the concept that an interaction, on lethal force incident, is somehow a marksmanship, like gunfight thing. Like, there's a whole bunch. Ninety percent, ninety-nine percent of it is leading up, and then the aftermath. So the the incident itself is almost insignificant. It needs to be prepared for, but it's not the focus of almost any of the reputable training. It's it's more to prepare a person who might carry in today's society. It has nothing to do with military at all. And it has very little to do with athletic prowess.
0: Thanks, G. That that makes a lot of sense. I guess a lot of it might just be in my head or it's, you know, new things it's are kind of scary to
2: Just watch his videos. Jaeger has a bunch of videos out on YouTube.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. When you actually go to start pursuing something and making a final decision, you start to look. You can find, well, like Jaeger, that specific school, uh, they have a lot of their curriculum on on the web. You can find out definitely a lot of after actions. Um, Students after they've taken a class are encouraged to write their, uh, reactions right their 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 uh perception of it it uh, helps in your learning by you know going through it all again it gives you the student a way to record you know just for your own uh, you know use like what you retained from it or what you got from it and then of course it helps other people like yourself try to understand what the class might be around or what it might be about and when you hear Reports from all different kinds of people from walks of life. It makes it a lot easier to figure out what's going on in these, these classes or whatever course it might be. Most every class that's decent is going to have uh, a bunch of people who've written reviews on it. For those reasons,
0: I've got a related question, but I didn't want to like go off on a, go down a rabbit hole. If you had something else going on, G. No question. Go ahead okay um when you say reputable training so say i wanted to do one here in tacoma or something how do i know if they're reputable or not it's just i mean almost every range has got you know people there is it is it a good idea to like how do you know which ones the which ones are the better ones do you have any uh, strategies for that anybody on the panel for what kind of class Well, for like any, say I wanted to take whatever the level beyond like the initial, like some intermediate one, but, you know, didn't need to go all the way to tactical response being, you know, far down the road after my skill sets are a little better. Um, How do you know if it's a reputable firearm trainer? I guess is my basic question. It might be a dumb question, but it's one that I've always kind of wondered.
5: In this day and age, there's always going to be online reviews. I'd... uh... Talk to people at your gun club or your range, see where they train. If they've taken training, maybe they could recommend a good trainer.
4: Oh yeah. That's a good idea.
0: Yeah, I was um, also wondering, like, you know, because the two that are near me, they both have, you know, ranges. And, of course, they've got people that work for that range that, you know, they offer classes at the range. And I'm trying to figure out which one I think is better of the two, but I don't know really how to do that. It's not like you can go Yelp for, uh, you know, gun training classes.
1: So, again, I mean, your question was a little... Tough because you said something to the effect of if you want to take an intermediate class, but you don't want to go to Jaeger. So, again, that makes me think that you think Jaeger is intermediate. So, people ask me if they had a list of stuff to take, what they would take first. It's usually my first or second, you know, that and Masada Yub are the first and second you'd want to take. So, I'm not saying like one is basic and one's intermediate, they're both. Worthy and they're both valuable and they're both useful as basic, you know, entry level, intermediate, first classes. Uh, Going to someone who would allow you to take an intermediate class with no other training would be skeptical, if not questionable, because what is they what do they consider intermediate? Every class that I've been to, pretty much that I can think of, basic is just the basics. It's uh, you know, draw. Manipulation of malfunctions and uh, some theory. And then intermediate would be that same stuff, maybe walking forward or backwards or around a barrier or something, putting in in movement. Um, very rarely do they go beyond anything like that. So if it's going to start taking you into things that are, you know, adding on to a basic class without making you take the basic class, I'd be concerned. But I'd still, uh, I don't know. It's a tough one because if it's uh, someone who's going to suggest they're going to teach you all the techniques you might want, um, there's probably nothing wrong with that. Just keep in mind that there's other stuff out there. And what you're really looking for is someone who's going to teach you about the before and after, the mindset and theory of why some responsible individual would carry in the world today in 2018, 19, with the laws we've got in the states and that kind of thing. So there's definitely value in taking a local class. Uh, I just don't know of. There's no way to know how wide a scope they're going to give you, how much of a insight they're going to give you to the whole thing. Uh, I suspect the little guys, if they've been to a decent school, are going to try to bring you that experience. Um, I don't know if there's any reason not to go to one who doesn't just have the experience themselves in getting that, relaying that information across, but. Uh, like Roosted said, you don't have to rely on reviews of other students for that. If the students all say, like, you know, these are, if it's all focused on technique, like, oh, I learned to draw great, or I like this guy's stance, or I like this guy's, you know, opinion on target acquisition or something, that's going to give you more insight than if the reviews were all like, I don't think I want to carry after this class. Like, this made me rethink my whole, you know, responsibility here. It kind of depends on what you're looking for, too, I guess. Yeah, that
0: that makes
1: sense thank you Dana, you want to throw anything in
4: online training
1: online training
2: oh
1: i don't know if he's feeling better or not he definitely doesn't have a microphone that's working right now there's people that are jumping in on the uh, youtube side of course they know they have links on the gun channel side and i'll keep throwing links over there to the gun channel side so we can- communicate on a platform that's proven done.
2: Whose microphone's not working? My
3: microphone's working now. There we go.
2: There you go.
3: something I wanted uh, to mention. Um, if you want to get an idea of what some of these things are like, is there are resources available for free uh, that anyone can view. And I was trying to get the link before I got here, I'll get the link here in a few minutes, is uh, there is what used to be um, uh, a DVD that uh, Tactical Response charged money for for many years. And they've now released that information free to the general public uh, as an advertising vehicle so that you know what to expect as well as you kind of get a, a, a aspects of the class as far as how to draw, what to shoot, why you do this versus doing that sort of a thing. And it gives you a taste of what the class is kind of like from a... Um, uh, it, from an indoor perspective, which is different than, you know, th- than the range portion. And, um, it, you know, those classes uh, aren't completely meant for, for beginners. They are not meant for people who are already are operators, et cetera. I'll just give myself as an example. In 2013, I took the first class I ever took since I got out of the Army in the middle of the 80s. And that was an NRA basic pistol class, which we just sat in a classroom and actually it was basic firearm or something like that and discussed revolvers, semi-automatics, shotguns, and the differences between them. Just because it had been so many years and plus some of those things I had zero exposure to in my growing up or year since that I wanted to fill the holes in. Let me interrupt you for a second.
1: And uh, because Angelina had recommended that earlier, What was your experience with that as someone who was an adult at the time? And obviously you had some understanding of all those things. Was it a valuable class to have taken? And would you take, we'll go ahead and answer that question.
3: Uh, I I thought it was valuable from the perspective of helping fill in the areas that I didn't know, because that's why I took the classes. Although there were certain, obviously the parts I already knew were repeats, uh, like the safety rules and, you know, uh, semi-auto. But, you know, uh, there were a lot of other parts that I was unfamiliar with, and I knew that I wanted to start moving forward as far as my abilities and my uh, ableness to fight and save either my life or the life of another. That's what it's about. It's about the fight. One more
1: question question about that. Do you know uh, how long it was anymore and how much it cost, like eight hours or 10 hours or how much it cost?
3: Uh, It was, I believe, an eight-hour class, and I can't remember if it was a um, hundred dollars or $75. I, I, I don't remember the exact amount. Okay. Was, you know, as training goes, it was not expensive. I interrupted Evan. you.
1: You were talking about having taken that classes, you're like reintroduction to training. And then you were about to just say something else. Oh um,
3: yes. Just as far as like, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I am certainly don't put myself out there as some highly skilled person, whatever. I just enjoy learning more about, you know, if I ever have to defend my life, possibly win the fight um, rather than come out on the other end. And it's 100 percent mindset and everything else is is a distant second. And, you said
1: it wasn't really made for people who are operators. It's made for the or it's designed for anybody. Oh is your first class but I would just add you can definitely take it over again it's the kind of refresh it's designed to be a great introduction but it's also at a level where it's a great I would say maybe take it every three years or something
3: oh yes Uh, because there are there are parts that you know unless you practice what you have been taught and that I know you guys had discussed earlier the difference between training practicing and shooting and that's the real thing. You may use different words for it, but we'll just call it three different things regardless of what you call it. Um, uh, you have to practice what you're taught or you will forget it. You'll forget the mental part. You'll also, you will lose whatever sort of muscle memory you may have possibly developed in the, pra- in the educational portion of it, whether you call it training or whether you call it education. Uh, you will lose the, that muscle memory the more time goes down the road. That's why you need pract- to practice what you have been taught. Otherwise, you're shooting. And there's nothing wrong with shooting. Shooting's great. It just, you have to do, do call it what you're doing. Don't call it something else and then convince yourself that you're, have some skill set that you may indeed not have. Because marksmanship is only one small piece of the pie. Of winning the fight and except for hunting and competition for concealed carry and out in the real world it's about winning the fight and you know putting a hole in a hole is beautiful but that's not a what it's all about when it comes to winning the fight anyway I, I, was, uh, I, I was I was just trying to say that um you know, I had taken a couple of local classes, you know, because I cause I, can, I just started in 2013. Before that, it, I, it was, you know, the training that I had in the Army. Uh, and then from there, I took a, a local uh, tactical uh, combat pistol class, I think is what the guy called it. And uh, it was a uh, it was an OK class at best, uh, but it, it, it was very inadequate, quite frankly. Okay, so so that
1: maybe to expand on that, I know ghost jumped in here, so feel free to break in any time and roosted don't feel like you gotta I mean, jump in that's what it's panel discussion but Dana since you're taught you've dealt with recently at least and you're able to, to uh, you're willing to share with everybody seems like some of the concern is how do you figure it out So you had to do something you decided to go with this class uh, that you're just described as being not great so, Um, you're doing that now in 2020 hindsight, comparing it to some classes you've had uh, no other choice, which was good, it sounds like, and you've had some Jaeger stuff or some tactical response stuff. And uh, in comparison, what was it about that that makes you say it wasn't so great? Because that's the thing that it's tough for me because there's so many things that could be
3: lacking. But what did you experience specifically that
1: was lacking there?
3: Specifically, and I I realize this is not specific by nature, but the the lack of breadth and width of the class. It was not about fighting. It was about tactics, period.
1: Oh, that's a great way to say it. So um, I don't know what he's calling himself today. Clay is saying mindset, skills, equipment, all equally important. I could not disagree more, right? Equipment is necessary. That's about it but it's all about mindset and then skills and and tactics. Jaeger will throw in there, but he puts it in there in that order. Uh, And that's, I think you just described it perfectly. Most of the time your local smaller classes are trying to give you the good part, like just the creamy part of the Oreo, right? And they're gonna ignore all the boring and really tedious and scary stuff that has to do with the lawsuits after and the choices that you make
3: that have consequences later and uh so if i can continue just for a moment unless somebody else wants to jump in um it, it's, you know in my opinion uh, uh like the tat, like the fighting pistol class if you understand how to if you have used your firearm at shooting at the range you, uh, that's all the level of knowledge you need to go take that class as long as you know how to load and unload your, you know, your firearm and you understand what a basic psych picture is, they will go through that in, in, in more information. But at least you have the basic safety and the basic manual of arms of your firearm because they don't want you to bring some firearm that you don't carry. If you carry a, a certain gun, that's the gun they want you to bring because that's the one you're going to be in when you have to fight for your life. Now, you may decide later that maybe that's not the best gun to carry for various reasons, but that's. But you should bring whatever you're currently going to bring to a fight. And if that's a, a, a LC 380, then that's what you should bring. And then you'll find out whether it's really going to work or not. A lot
1: of times when the nine millimeters will bounce off the berm and hit you, then you're like. And to rethink your choices
3: mm-hmm. i mean Those, because there's a lot of things you can learn and look and and, and and you know from it, it's in addition to the four major areas there's a lot of little micro areas like like mortar between the bricks
1: speaking of mortar between the bricks i saw a ghost jumped in here what's going here. on
5: yeah thanks for going thanks for having me sorry i'm late I Kind of fell asleep Now you're
1: well rested. So we've just been chatting. Well, you've been here. Do you want to throw anything in? I guess the question earlier from, just to throw it out there so we have some focus. uh, Woods was asking earlier, like, how do you pick a local class? And you just heard everything else. So go ahead.
5: I mean, I can tell you from a guy who's probably taken several hundred quote-unquote local classes is you take them all. My honest opinion is you take them all. You take as much training regardless of what level you think it is that you can afford. If you've got $500, then you can either go take one really great big-time class or you can take 10 smaller classes. However you want to do that, that's fine. My personal belief is you take all the training that you can, that you can afford. Because here's the thing, even though some of these smaller local classes might miss out on this, the, the critical stuff, there's something that you can take with you from every single class that you ever take. Now, if you're not satisfied with the information that you got from that one, you may not go back. But you're going to be able to take something from that class. And then you go find another class. that may have a different perspective on the same thing, but they might teach it a little bit differently. They might give a little bit more information. But when you start cataloging all of the classes that you take, that's what's going to help you. You're going to get information from different people, from different perspectives, from different walks of life that are trying to pass on their knowledge. You can't take one person, including James Yeager or Masada Ayub or Clint Smith or Reed Heinrich. You can't take that one person as the gospel. Expose yourself to as many training opportunities as you can and take bits and pieces from all of them because that's what the great ones do. And Dano knows what I'm talking about. James Yeager will tell you straight up, who he got his stuff from. I pull from this guy, I pull from this guy, I pull from this guy. No one's born, you know, a a Messiah of training. They take him from everyone. So I say this, I say, you take as much as you can, that you can afford. And if you get one thing from every training class, it was worth it. And then you go to another one and you go to another one. And over the years, the mental mindset is one thing, but as far as the actual training. You're going to learn from a lot of things. Now, if you're looking for something specific, do your research. You'll try to find a trainer, local or national, that's going to give you exactly what you want. But if you just want to go spend a Saturday taking some training with some local guy, take it. And if it's not very good, never go back. But you should be able to take one thing from everything you ever do.
3: And I certainly agree with that. I would like to throw out an an alternate philosophy not, not a competing philosophy, just an alternate philosophy. Um, and that's, um, you, you know, you can take, you know, new, several local classes for a lower price, or you can take one class with an instructor where you can actually vet his background, find out from other instructors uh, what to actually expect, such as Mossad Ayoub. That was the third class I ever took was with Mossad. Um And I'm very glad I took it. He was teaching in Wisconsin and i had the opportunity to take the class uh and and i made it happen rather than taking more uh from other sources local classes that would have cost the same thing as one class with him uh, i knew he was one of the people that may not be around much longer he's not a young man uh so if if you have uh, somebody that you know you really clint smith that you really want to train with uh you need to uh Make that happen on the sooner side because these guys have been around for a long, long time and may not be around for much longer.
5: I couldn't Um, agree with more you. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more with you. What I was saying is is you can either take 10 from lower class or take one. Right. But I I think, you know, my my, yeah, yeah. My whole point is is no matter who you take it from, wherever you go, whether it's a fifty dollar class or a five hundred dollar class, go into it with a mindset. I don't care how bad this is. I'm here to take one thing with me when I leave. And if you can do that multiple times, you're going to start building yourself into someone that is going to not freak out. And and I think Dano and, and you, you hit it right on the money is you're trying to win the fight. And I think that what G was saying is your equipment is important. It is important. The gun's a tool, the weapon's you, you're the weapon what you use in the fight is a tool and i hate to say this but if i run out of a gun i've been trained enough where i can probably do some damage with my hand still even at my old slow age you're the weapon your mind's the weapon your body's the weapon whatever weapon you're using is a tool to win the fight but your mind's going to win the fight not that tool
2: I have a different philosophy, but I agree with everything you
5: Yeah, said. go for it. Yeah, I mean, this, this is the great thing about it is is everyone's got different philosophies.
2: No, I agree with everything you just said. Your mind is the weapon, okay? I agree 100% with that. I'm just saying that, uh, that firearms to me are more of an elegant thing, okay? It's, I'm not looking for a fight, and so I don't train for a fight.
3: Nobody's looking for a fight. I'm not looking for a fight, but I happen to work in an area where violence occurs on a daily basis.
2: Oh, I understand that. I'm not, like I said, I'm not taken away from your philosophy, okay? Like he said, people can have different philosophies, and it doesn't mean that somebody else's philosophy Mm -hmm. is wrong.
3: And violence occurs in some of the most peaceful neighborhoods.
2: Oh, yeah, that's for sure. But I, I mean that what he was saying is your mind is the weapon I think is, right. is absolutely the most important thing to know because Your mind is you've got to have your awareness. You've got to have so many things that are involved along with whatever weapon you're using
5: Hey, can I ask you a question? This is not to bury you smart. I'm just trying to ask a question here, but here, here's a thought philosophy to have What's the one thing you hear on TV after there's some tragic murder or something? I never thought it could happen here. I never thought it would happen. It is such a peaceful place. Mm-hmm. Never thought it would happen here. And, and my thing is this. A lot of people don't believe in training. And, and I get that. That's fine. I have a good friend of mine that we all know that doesn't like to train. He doesn't like the tactical stuff. I personally happen to love it. Maybe that's my background. I don't know. But I tell you what I do like more than anything else is, and it's something that you hear from a lot of people, and Dano just said it, he doesn't want to have to fight. I don't want to have to fight. Nobody wants to fight. But wouldn't it be nice to know how, if you ever had to? And that's my whole thing, is it's not the fact that we're training to be Rambo out in our community. You do it more than once and you keep doing it and you keep practicing it and you becomes muscle memory that hopefully if the situation, God forbid, ever does happen, not only will you survive, but you might help others survive because you're going to be the one with a cool head. You're going to be the calm one in a a sea of frantic people to tell people, hey, you're freaking out. I got you. You go hide. We'll take care of this. You don't have to fight. I'll fight for you. And that's almost a mindset you have to have. Now, hopefully, I never had to pull my gun. I hope I never do. But I'll be damn sure if I do, I'm ready for it. And I might not just save me. I might save you. That was and that's the, the mentality I have to have.
2: That was the beginning What's, of this conversation.
5: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I missed it. My bad.
2: Yeah, in the beginning, we were talking about the difference about training, or whatever. What I said was, for me, going to the range is training. But they saying if you're not Doing it officially, being done by somebody who, who is training you, then you're not training; you're just that's practicing.
5: correct. That you're you're practicing okay. or you're shooting, okay. one of the two.
2: And to me, I was saying that to me, training is training the muscle memory, training your everything about what you're doing with your firearm. And so that is, they were saying, is not training; that's practicing. And I considered it training only because you're training your muscle memory and everything else towards your your uh, your ability to react with your firearm.
3: Well, w- w- what is the definition of practice? Practice is the repetitive motion of a known skill or idea. Okay. You know what to do already. It's not new. You're practicing. You're repeating something you already know. Does that make sense?
2: Um, but you don't practice muscle memory. You train muscle memory. That's what I was trying to, to go at. And and I understand what you're saying. We're, okay. we're saying the same thing using two different words. That's all.
5: Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, what you're basically saying is, is, let's say for me, the three levels are training, practicing, and shooting, let's say. For you, it's instruction, training, and shooting. Is that what you're basically saying? You're just saying that you use the word training for practicing and you would use a word, something like instruction or classes for what we call training. It's wordplay. It's fine. It makes no difference to me. What I'm saying is whatever you want to call, if you want to call it instruction or go into a class, you know, even if it's only one, at least be willing maybe to go try a class because my thing is this. You can practice or if you call training, you can practice all you want. But here's the thing. If you've never been taught the right way, how do you know you're practicing the right thing?
2: Yeah, but I have been. So
5: You haven't gone to training?
2: Yes. We say in the military You know,
3: there were several of oh, us okay. here in the army, and yeah. I can guarantee you, what you received in the army was not the correct training. Hold on, hold on. Don't say that.
5: I wouldn't say that at all, Daniel.
3: It was
1: training, and it was appropriate for
3: conscripts. So it
1: was, it was what it is. But it, it definitely taught you to safely shoot somebody down there.
3: Okay. Well, I, I stand by what I say for today. For, I, I'm referring for, for, for defending yourself out in the world it's it's there they're two different things
1: i'm sorry well then you're definitely right when you put the disclaimer in the world today on the streets it's not applicable to army training at yeah that's why i I took you know the introduction
3: to pistol in 2013 even though i had plenty of training in the army back in the 80s because they were 40 years apart
1: oh yeah and they have nothing to do with each other the military terms of engagement or rules of engagement are completely different and they're pointless but teddy was talking about shooting rifle at 100 yards we're kind of talking cross things here. We're talking DCW, carrying around a gun. In public, he's talking about uh, shooting in a, you know, controlled you know,
2: group I'm in the yard. I, I have done a additional
1: training. I'm just going to throw a plug out there. We're on Instagram right now, and I saw this somebody from from Guns Joint, so I threw my Get Guns patch out here. Awesome gun shop in Illinois. Anna's been there. Anybody else in Illinois here? No. But, uh, Dano and I have both been to get guns. Cool cool shot. Um, Angelina's saying that we're mansplaining, but I don't know. Are we? In the comments, are we mansplaining here?
2: Yeah,
4: this is a big-ass fucking mansplaining session.
1: Alright. Okay. Well, wow. so, That's horrible. And now we're going to mansplain some history. So I've been accumulating some uh, stuff for the 2A History Project and started looking at uh, instructors and stuff, so I expect roosted and woods to join in here because what the heck is this the ted show he's definitely taking the whole check gizzard's getting a cut because he's here so often
4: i'm getting a cut
1: i guess you get a girl cut you get a girl size cut, Maybe and then, out a cut. we can go through here and see how many of these people you people know about so jeff cooper
0: no sorry no
1: so let's go left right real quick al jeff cooper
5: i have heard of him
1: Angelina said, no ghost.
5: I want to say I've heard of him, but that's about the extent of my knowledge of him. Okay, Gary? Uh,
3: same. I've heard the name, but I can't give you very many specifics of him. No Where's Dan? Oh, who are you talking about? Jeff Co- Cooper? Yeah. Colonel? Yeah. Yeah, he, he he wrote the book that you're supposed to read before he went to tactical response.
5: Okay, that's why I know the name. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I said, I know the name. But I
3: can't remember why from. So. Woods? It's, it's like 80
0: pages long.
5: Yeah, I didn't read the book, but I know the name. I mean, he talked about the, the name, so I, I knew I heard the name. But I didn't know where from. Woods?
0: I only heard of him like a week ago.
5: Uh, from somebody chatting about him? or you,
0: Yeah, somebody chatting about him on here.
1: I don't and remember. Roosted? No, I never heard of him. And Ted? No, never
2: okay. heard of
1: him. All right, born in 1920. Died in two thousand and six. Jeff Cooper created Gunsight. Have you guys heard of Gunsight? The school in Arizona, Prescott. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Gunsight was basically our first shooting school. Jeff Cooper started that. He was a Marine. He was a writer, and he started was in competitions back in the fifties. Started some of the initial handgun competitions, and as part of that, you know, was really the, you know, there's been waves of firearms methodology. What's the word? Like, you know, when you had black powder you know stuff uh, percussion guns and stuff you're uh training and you're shooting them differently than when you have a bolt action gun right and you have a different situation when you've got a semi-auto grand or something than when you had a bolt action gun and then when you get a semi-auto ar or m16 i guess that's different than uh you know a grand so there have you know technology has changed the way that we shoot and the way we train so you know some of that stuff has kind of come uh, along with technology, but not all of it. So Cooper's one of the guys that sort of sort of started the modern shooting techniques and stuff. Anybody heard of Elmer Keith? No. I don't want to go left to right every time, just generally. I've heard of Elmer oh. Keith.
5: Sorry. Heard of him. Didn't he create or invent the 44 Magnum? Yeah, I
1: think he's 44 Magnum. So he worked at the... uh as a inspector at the ordnance in Utah, and then was a gun guy, inmates, a 44 Magnum, and some other stuff developed big handguns, I think. Anybody heard of Edward McGivern? No. Never? Nope.
0: Nope, he, I'm he, over three. He was the
1: Micklick between 1874 and 1957, so Micklick is nothing new except the newest in a line of competition, or I guess you call them exhibition shooters, people that shoot well and inspire others and change and innovate and whatnot. Anybody heard of Spikes or Sykes? I think it's Will... Uh, I don't know what his first name is. Anybody heard of Sykes? Sykes Fairbane? No. Was it no. Willie
5: What was his first name? I don't know. I've heard of Willie Sykes, but I don't know if this is who the same guy is.
1: Probably. So Sykes and Fairbain, you hear them all the time. You never heard of a Sykes? Yeah, guy? sure.
5: Nobody? Yeah. No. So, these. No, fans,
1: Back, you never heard of a Sykes Fairbane knife? OSS, World War II, secrets, uh, OSS? So uh, basically, these are guys that back in the olden days uh, were on the streets of, I forget where, like somewhere in Indonesia, like having just many fistfights, getting stabbed all the time. It's not so much stabbed, but like cut with knife fights. So they started a uh, the modern or whatever you want to call it, like after World War II-ish, or actually before World War II, between World War One and World War II, these guys were out on the streets, like, as cops getting cut and develop knife fighting techniques, and uh, Fairbain, and, uh, I think, was kind of responsible for modern crouched-over pistol technique. You got Rex Applegate. Anybody heard of him? No.
0: Sorry. The
1: OSS learned from these guys, also fighting techniques that kind of got us through World War II. Uh, things that uh, think of what the French resistance was gonna be taught. You know, just regular old people are gonna get taught down and dirty, kill a Nazi, take their gun and kill more Nazis, kind of shit. Uh, John Farnham anyone heard of him?
2: Yep.
0: T T I
3: training yeah.
1: institute. Yep, Marine, three purple hearts, uh, or Vietnam uh, Marine. Um,
3: Is he still alive?
1: I think so. Uh, I believe he is one of Cooper's uh, students. Um, another, um, uh, I guess, core you could say in the development of modern uh, handgun shooting. At least, you heard of Clint Smith, Thunder
0: Ranch.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Finally, one <coughs> I've heard
1: of. Him. So we've talked about him. People <laughs> have heard to him a lot lately. Um, uh, taught with, or taught gun sight with Cooper. And responsible for bringing in handguns, or excuse me, rifles down to handgun distances, right? And just a like super character and everything. Um, Masada Yub. Yep, yeah, that's,
5: that's the uh, pinnacle for me.
3: Easy to remember he his is, name. What, what? What? Jaeger is to the fight. Masada Yub is to everything. I'm gonna say outside the fight, before, after, during.
1: Yeah, Masada, you're amazing. So a uh, writer, I mean, I remember him from back in the day when I was a kid reading American Rifle and magazines and stuff. And he'd have a column, in or, or I think it was American Rifle, whatever the magazines were of the day back way before Internet and magazines were all you could hope for. I remember reading his columns. And then uh, every once in a while a book would come out. And uh, definitely an interesting character and super interesting to, to take classes from and, and
3: very warm and friendly it's like taking a class from your grandfather better yeah like your favorite grandfather and he steps outside for a cigarette anybody can walk up to him he's happy to answer questions the most friendliest guy um, is fantastic
2: yeah
1: one of the best dudes in the whole Second Amendment industry every an, an industry side every side of it training side advocacy side super knowledgeable knows everybody every he makes the world he makes the whole thing better uh Chapman, Ray Chapman. Mm-hmm. Chapman Academy. Yep. Yeah, I know of him. That's it. Uh Dennis <coughs> Dennis Tuler. even heard of the Tuler Drill?
5: The Tuler Drill, yeah. Well, wow, yeah. yeah. The Dennis, drill,
1: but not the man.
5: I didn't know the I didn't know the guy's name behind it. Um that's that's interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so he's a St. Louis cop, I thought, or something. Anyway, he was my Glock uh armor instructor both times. If you take your oh. Glock. Wow clock Armor Classic every five years or something. So both times we took it with Tuller. he's a super cool dude. Did a couple of re- uh, interviews with him each time, and uh, yeah, interesting guy. He did a base still around.
5: Oh yeah, he's still cooking. He
1: does a clock Armor.
5: He's still doing it. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, he's a cool dude. He's a good instructor. So basically, he's just a cop. You know, cops do their thing, and he wrote a paper. You know, hey, is it? Well, you know, when do we have to worry about guys with knives? And then kind of just did a little bit of research and. Uh, kicked off, and it's the whole concept of 21 foot rule. It, you know, when we talk about it, CCW classes and mm-hmm. uh, you know, justifiable use of defense and stuff, and when to be aware and that kind of thing. Like, you know, are you worried about somebody that's 21 feet away from you? Well, you should be because they can kill you before you can react, basically.
3: Uh, Ken Hackathorn? Yep, another one of those guys that um, he, he is still doing teaching. And uh, if you do have a short list. Uh, uh, that's one of those guys that you might want to get uh, their class before they're no longer around if you're interested. Or before they just quit teaching, right? Because at some point they're going to
1: figure it's not worth the uh, wear and tear or whatever, even though I'm sure right. they will thrive on it at this point. I got Bill Rogers in here. I don't mm-hmm. remember why I put him in here. Probably, there's, most of this is uh, notes taken mm-hmm. during listening to different interviews and podcasts. And stuff,
5: Bill Rogers is on my short list, honestly. What's his deal? um he he's got uh, a lot of different things i mean he 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 will do, obviously a kind of a, a combative pistol, but he also will do some stuff that involves rifle and pistol for that situation where you have to transition from rifle to pistol and the differences of the thought process between the two stuff like that so it's kind of a little transition so he does rifle and pistol, but there's also a class that's uh a rifle and pistol class that's supposedly really awesome right on yeah. That might not be for everybody though you know
3: just as a side note that that that's the sort of thing that that's uh somewhat common in the rifle classes carbine classes mm-hmm. is the use of the pistol in the class in addition to the carbine
1: it mm-hmm. can yeah for sure carbine classes get super diverse like really quick from my yeah. experience there's your basics and then they can get super interesting like you know but anyway um, ron avery got a handgun skill on here i think he's in up in Woods Neck of the Woods. I do
5: I never heard of him. Ron Avery. Never
1: heard of him. Uh Louis Arbuck, he's gone now. Uh South African. Uh he was uh able to do where he did some videos for Panteo, so it's, it's possible to get some experience with that guy, but hmm. he's interesting. Uh Paul Gomez. Anyone know Paul? He's titled um interesting dude. Uh always more like uh Hawaiian shirt it had like sort of a different take on classes, and uh, it was a I, I, uh, whatever it was a AK class that he did out here in Arizona one time, and uh, def- definitely a different type of remember that class or that um movie about uh, spring what's it called when you have to go to school in the summer, summer school with mm-hmm. that one guy who's the teacher and he's all laid back, and the students,
5: yeah, more Carmen. yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. He was kind of like that guy. He was kind of laid back and That's kind of a wow. instructor. I mean, not anywhere near that, but like a little bit more laid back than regular. Uh, Craig you Ever heard of Craig Douglas in South Narc?
5: Mm-mm.
1: Nope. Ship works. anybody ever seen those little knives that have a little angle to them? Yeah, your gun. So this is another guy who's a uh, cop and wrestles around with uh, knife fights all the time. It takes that experience. This is one that a lot of people will say you want to take your general, if you really want to become a well-rounded, educated, whatever, CCW type person, uh, whatever you want to call it, you're going to take some sort of a, a mental, right, gunfighting class, and then uh, some sort of a medical, you know, mm-hmm. right, combat medical, immediate medical type of thing, and then some sort of a, a combative, and that's what this one would be, your, your close quarters, your wrestling, and Retaining your gun, uh, getting stabbed and stabbing back type of stuff. So uh, most people put this in the top three if you're actually looking to get well well rounded and not just play with guns all whole time. Who was that again? South Narc
5: Shiv Warp. Okay. Shiv.
1: Right. So it's a very that one is definitely you're gonna roll around and you're gonna hurt yourself and you're gonna, Yeah, I like that stuff. It's gonna be athletic because it's literally like a you know guy that's been rolling around with drug dealers and. Yeah. It's sort of probably like the essence of whatever that, what's that wrestling they call it now?
5: Yeah, probably something like that. Uh,
1: Gabe Suarez, uh, another uh, instructor, Tom Givens from Rangemaster, Frank Proctor, Ron Avery, um, Milk Sparks, Mike Pannone, any of these names? Milk Sparks, uh, I know from the holsters um james keating got lynn thompson that's the cold steel guy um i'll quit doing it since i just want to see if anybody was uh aware of some of these core people um one of my efforts is going to be to try to put them and you know get a little bit more research figure out put them all in a timeline and let people know you know this at least the, the modern stuff we've got now it evolves from somewhere i think ghost and uh Dana both mentioned that Jaeger for sure will reference where he gets his stuff where he um, gathered his elements from and these are the these are the parts you know these are the pieces that
5: right.
1: develop what's next or what's now and then you know that will determine what's coming up next right and then even further back it's neat because you think about what was 17 whatever it was for the uh, NRA um that was a, an effort to start training for marksmanship right and 1908 uh, the thing that created the uh, reserve, the 1908 Reserve Act, the thing that created the Army Reserve, and uh, um, you know that was another effort to to get people to higher proficiency in marksmanship, so that if we you know, needed them, they didn't have to start from zero when we're recruiting them into the military. So was, anyway, a lot of instruction, 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 and stuff was all developed in kind of spurts and, and waves throughout the years. Well, was that enough mansplaining of that area of it, history? <laughs> I don't know if that was worth an exercise or not, but I figured I had all that stuff. I liked it. No, about. No. Yeah,
2: history is always
1: good. Got Cooper out there, and he's taken some interesting uh, firearms training over the years. Uh, I forget the one he did that they uh, basically video uh, to tell us if he still listening. Which is which is? Or do you, Dano? Do you remember which is that one that would video him uh, doing a draw or something, and then would give him?
3: Um, Coaching and I know the guy you're talking about, but I can't recall his name. And that was more of it was a sheriff uh, of Baghdad. It was somebody else. It was sheriff of Baghdad, wasn't it? Was Was it? No. I can't remember.
1: John McAfee. Thanks. No, it was John McAfee. Yeah, you're right. It was McAfee. No, McFee. McFee. Oh, okay, McPhee. But whatever. So that was more of a um, you know what would you call it? Skills, right? Uh, building. So, not really worrying about where you apply it or how to, uh, you know, when to use it or anything, but more like when it's actually time. Here's, you know, your most efficient draw or here's a way that you can do that with,
3: uh, you know, getting into position quicker, like that. Yeah, but it was also, th- uh, did you mention the use of technology in regards to that? He, he video high speed videotapes you. In your draw. Maybe that is John McPhee is sheriff of Baghdad. I mean we
1: we're talking about the same guys. But uh yeah, so like you just said, he videotapes you. It's the same kind of thing you use in a sport called golf or tennis or baseball. Right. Mm-hmm. And they video right. you doing your thing and then they can slow it down and put the little points like little golf balls or something. Little mm-hmm. dots on your elbow or something, and they can go, Oh look, if you held your elbows together you get more force, right? Or you'd you'd have a better consistent shooting stance or something.
3: It's a good example of there's all sorts of different types of training out there.
5: Well, I think that you're also talking about different types of learning also. You know, you can sit there and tell someone and some people are going to get it. Some people aren't. But if you show them a video and they actually see themselves doing it, that could change their whole aspect and, and view of what they're doing.
3: Yeah. There's always that some people have a we, we all have a little bit of resistance just because we're human beings. But some people have a little bit more resistance when the instructor says, OK, move your elbow in and, and, and you're saying my elbows just fine the way it is in your head. And then the moment he walks away, you go back to the way you were doing it before because, you know, I was doing it just fine. Um, that, that, that sometimes the, some people need a little bit more to overcome that resistance of no, you're, you where you can't deny what's on the screen. That's you. anyway
2: I do have a question Um, one of the things that people have got caught up with with uh, in a self-defense type situation is where opposing attorneys will you know say that this person had a bunch of targets or did a lot of stuff therefore they were looking to shoot somebody if you take that kind of training and and someone were to look up that you took that kind of training would that not count against you in a self-defense situation, saying that you actually trained to shoot people?
5: It's a great That's an attorney, that's attorney's job, though, is to, to create reasonable doubt. Correct. You got to hope that your attorney is doing the same thing. Yeah,
4: I see that, Teddy. I know where you're going, and I see that.
5: No, but I see it
1: too. Confident, Absolutely. Competent. Um, instructors are ready for that and obviously like these guys are saying your defense attorney is going to be you know able to deal with that so the same way that they can put a light on it that you train to kill a competent attorney is going to know that you train to know when to not and Mm -hmm. you know and how to do everything possible to get out of and if they were foolish enough to challenge that with a competent competent set of instruction, a competent curriculum, much of it is recorded in on video. And the reason they do that is so that they can play it in court and bring your peers, right? Your jury of your peers up to the level of training that you were at. So there's all kinds of ways that they can introduce things into court. They're actually gonna be super beneficial if they tried to go that route.
3: And that's the sort of thing that as an example, Masada yu covers in spades uh, as far as those type of aspects as not only to educate you so that you don't need to be worried about it, but you also can retain the information why you don't need to worry about it and what the role of your legal defender is supposed to be. Uh, and that's why, you know, you know, you know, I had, didn't, did not take the range portion because it wasn't available with Massad, but I did have the classroom portion of it. And, and he, he, uh, covers things that, um, well, how would you how would you d- describe it, Pete? Dude, the user said it exactly.
1: They just said it, I think, perfectly. There, okay. it's you don't underst- we don't understand, you know, the the, the breadth of stuff that's going to happen. So, by being experienced, aware of what all the pieces are, and knowing what's coming and what's after, um, at least makes you aware. But having the knowledge of the full picture. Gives you the ability to articulate yourself in a way that hopefully doesn't let you fall into all kinds of dumb mistakes and you know, ignorant choices or ignorant re- results of ignorance. Basically, not you know stupidity, but just ignorance of the situation where you're going into a lethal force incident. We're talking about here, and the aftermath. You know that aftermath is um, law enforcement, of course, and it's mm-hmm. going to be emergency professionals, and it's going to be the courts. And these are people that deal with that every single day. Every single day, they're completely familiar with it, and you're experiencing it for the first time. There's ultimate consequences. Your entire future and your family's future is at stake. Not only your fortune, but your family's, you know, a time with you on the planet and your freedom. So there's ultimate consequences, and you get to experience that all for the first time. So uh, some of it is uh, that right, being able to understand. What's at stake and what's going on, and have a, a level of familiarity or experience level where you can articulate what's going on and with uh, insight, right, to what consequences and results and what the uh, what am I trying to say procedures might be. Um, not necessarily trying to game it like here's what's going to happen specifically, but just in general, the big picture makes you less a pawn or a drift in this whole situation that gets thrust upon you. It's not like anybody said here. Nobody's going out looking for any of this. Nobody's in bad neighborhoods. This is you wake up one day and all of a sudden there's police everywhere because something happened in 14 seconds and you reacted, you know, honorably and lawfully, and now you have to deal with all that. It's not Mm -hmm. something you go out and seek and you say, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. You know, this is stuff that happens. So uh, being aware of all that stuff puts you in a position where hopefully you're not at the mercy of what, like, what might happen, or I guess you know on TV it shows this happens in court or something. You have at least a little real life experience and some educated uh, advice and uh, instruction on some of that stuff.
5: Yeah, oh, okay. I don't, I've been saying for about a year or not or more, but this is one of the things that I'm big on: is if you choose to carry, and it's not for everyone. Let's be honest: carrying every day is not for everyone. But if you choose to carry please go spend the $20 a month to get good quality insurance. And the reason why for no other reason is because if something does happen, you're going to be helped when provided with an attorney that is there to litigate and has litigated shooting trials. You don't want to go get your buddy down the road who's never done anything with, with personal defense shootings. These companies that you pay your insurance for, are going to set you up with attorneys that that's what they do, and they're prepared for every single defense that the, that the prosecuting attorney could throw at them. Yeah. They've been they there; they've done that.
3: They do yeah. gunfights,
5: right?
2: Yeah, but though that insurance is important, even if you don't conceal carry.
5: Right. Oh, I'm just saying. But I, you I agree the hundred percent. But what I'm saying is, if you're, you're you going mean, to carry, you better have it. You know. I
2: was adding to what you were saying because yeah. uh, I got the insurance just because of. Uh, where I'm located and even though I'm using a long gun and I'm not concealed carrying I still a defense situation you better have that's correct
5: very true very true I was just trying to tie that into your initial question is what if you're in a court well that's part of it is preparing yourself for everything and part of that is making sure you have an attorney that's actually litigated shooting trials before
3: and making sure you have the knowledge before the incident ever occurs of what to do, what not to do, and how to cooperate in the right way with the, with the police and investigators.
1: And it doesn't matter what attorney you choose, because you can have him just listen to this show, and we've mansplained so much
5: Damn of it Damn straight.
1: That he's going to be an expert, so you're welcome.
5: Damn straight. No, See, sometimes mansplaining is real. If
2: attorney listened to this show, we'd all be in trouble.
4: <laughs> not me Not yeah.
2: me. <laughs> <laughs> she's not
1: me <managing> <laughs> alright so I think that was an interesting discussion I hope everybody enjoyed it uh, we tried to do a panel thing here so it goes wherever it's going to go the idea is to have an interactive uh, discussion with people that are joining us over on gun channels um, that horse out there uh, and Taters Taters has a live chat set up after this one, so if you can't get enough of these topics or more, head over to there and uh, join in the conversation about guns that happens pretty much every night, thanks to the efforts of uh, Taters and uh, Dead Horse for either hosting and joining in. Angelina jumps in quite often. Gary's in there more often than not. (laughs) We're lucky. Haush will jump in. Dano Coffin, because he jumps in there. Sometimes Dano's in there. Actually, Dano will be in there any time of day. You never know when Dano's going to be
5: in there. I think he's Um, getting a hernia test right now.
1: So uh, (laughs) uh, we did get a bunch of uh, uh, people in, and that way the conversation keeps going on these topics or others. Take these topics, take them to the range, take them to the gun shop or the gun show. That's what it's all about. Keep the conversations going. Anybody
3: else want to throw anything else out there tonight? I do. Go ahead. Uh, is in a m- moment here, I'm going to post uh, the link. Earlier I was talking about uh, how uh, tactical response had taken what used to be a paid for DVD and made it free to the public to view. It's an hour and a half. If you are interested uh, in either some free knowledge uh, or uh, you might want to get a sampling of what it might be like to take class there, uh, it would be worth the 90 minutes uh, watching the fighting pistol on, um, DVD in a streamed format. So, yeah.
0: thank you, you that, that really he helps. Are going to post that?
3: Actually, it's on the inside chat right now.
2: That, that's what I'm saying. I'm looking on the inside. I'm trying to.
3: Yeah, I just hadn't gotten to the outside yet.
0: Oh, oh, okay. Thanks, Daniel. That goes back to my question in the beginning. I really appreciate that. Sure. Can somebody post that in the outside
3: chat for me? My computer's very slow.
5: Go to Liberty TV and go to Fighting Pistol, and it's right there.
3: I posted a link to it too. I've been listening
1: a lot of that stuff actually. From that big list of firearms instructors, there was from listening to some of the podcasts that Jaeger's had over the I don't know how long he's been doing that—just a year or something, right? So uh, he's got some in- he's got some interesting contacts because he's a character, and uh, he'll bring people on who's known for a year. So it's interesting to hear. Um, old friends talk to each other, right? Um, those are interesting conversations. And then a couple of them are some other guy who's hosting it that uh, you know, doesn't have that relationship with people. So it's also interesting to hear those people just kind of chatting as if they would in a regular interview. But uh, there's lots of them out there. So uh, check out the what, liberty, liber.tv? Or no, it's libertv.com.
5: It's liber.tv.
1: That's what I thought, but the link here was
5: liber.tv.com.
1: Because you
3: know it's confusing. We may have both. Um, The free video list is on liber.tv.com. And then you just click on on, uh, DVDs. Let's see, anybody in here do live stuff?
5: What's that?
1: Nope. You don't have anything coming up for a while till
5: Tuesday again. I'll have a uh, another Armed Citizen podcast release Sunday afternoon. Who's this? This Sunday. Um It was. It's it's going to be just me this time. It's going to be talking about some of the projects that are coming up and recapping last weekend.
2: Hold on. I
1: know that Dad would be interested, and I suspect any other alumni out there. I think DB is a Jaeger alumni, right? And um, I think he is, yeah. There's others. I think, who am I missing? There's others. So anytime you want to have some sort of uh, after-action debrief thing. I'm yeah,
5: always- that's one of those things I was talking to you about. um remember it was one of the times we talked about. But I would love to have a roundtable full of full alumni because I think that my perspective is going to be different than Dano's and Dano's is going to be different than other people's because we're all going to take something away that's different. But I think that there's so much information. And I think that you were saying it's like you're sitting in front of a water hose and you're just trying to catch as much as you can. But uh, there's so much stuff that goes on that I think that'd be an awesome, an awesome little chat to have.
1: And it might be useful for people so they feel like they didn't get enough mansplaining today, then they'd actually hear more about it. But uh, yeah. whatever, the internet is a river, right? So DB's in here today, but whatever conversations we had whenever DB went to classes or whenever Dano went to classes, obviously were just, you know, blips on that in that stream. So while there are archives somewhere in the social media platforms, um, they're not all that relevant to people today. And... Like you guys say, there everybody's got different opinions on stuff, so it's always neat to hear different. Uh, I don't
5: know,
1: get together's like that. At Let's least go on, to
5: Tater's chat room. Nah, he doesn't
1: even go on. He doesn't even go live. No, I think it'd be worthy having that as a separate standalone show, honestly, because then it's got a title and it gets tagged, you know, and it's not part of a greater conversation. And if it's fifteen minutes, fifteen minutes. If it's forty-five, it's forty-five. But you know, it can be on the one subject. And mainly I would like, to let you just debrief and then have a couple of people who've been there before be able to poke you about questions or something. But uh, I think there's something valuable. Uh, you guys are would kind of start talking about earlier Than when go out to the range and train with your friends or whatever, if they're trying to show you something that they've learned in the past, right? It's all about the recall and trying to, what's the word? Like, explain to others what you learned. You know, that that's a big part of... Um, what reinforcing it or yeah reinforcing it in your own head yeah
3: for yourself.
1: and there's a lot i mean we've talked about it before but it's like drinking from a fire hose so i i just know from going to these things especially as a content creator trying to get everything straight is tough because it's just a big mush in your head so by forcing you to say it a couple of times um it helps you organize it at least for me
5: it's <laughs> yeah, i guarantee it yeah I've had, I've had people email me, Hey, when's the Jaeger video going to come out? Pards, I'm still trying to get my shit together. And, 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 you know what I'm saying? And you're right. You know, I want to do it all these over the next year. I want to do all these videos justice to the school. It's going to take a while to really kind of sift through everything. And, and it, it does take a while because you are thrown so much, you know?
1: So let's uh, talk a little bit of mansplaining for the people out there that can't figure out the internet or phones or something. So I don't know how old people are, so we won't suggest that it has anything to do with your age or whatever. But uh, so Gun Channels is a platform and it's built for computers. It's going to cost approximately fifteen hundred to put it on an Android, and then I forget it's either another fifteen hundred to put it on iPhones or like something less six hundred to put it on iPhones whatever it is, it's more than there is scratch in any kind of gun channels pile anywhere. So, you know, I'm not bitching, but that's why there is no mobile app for it. However, it's simple to use on a phone. So if you're on a phone over at the top, right over here somewhere on your browser on your phone, you're gonna have an option to uh, view in desktop mode or view as a desktop computer. And when you do that, it's gonna give you a version of the screen, right? That's just a little tiny version of gun channels. Now, on a, on a phone, it is going to try to shove you the mobile version. So if you scroll all the way to the bottom on your phone, on gun channels, not in your browser, but on gun channels, flip it over to full site. So that's two actions you'll have to go through. You know, I don't know if you can deal with it, but you're going to have to tell your browser to look at it in full screen and then tell your gun channels to give it to you back as a, as a full, full view. And then you'll get the chat down here, and it'll pop up just like it does on your phone. You'll go to channels just like you do on the regular computer. And as far as I've seen on Dead Horse's phone and on mine and on others, and people have told me when they go through that laborious process of clicking your browser to full desktop mode and gun channels to full screen, that they are also able to read the text chat. If you're still not able to read the text chat, you can continue to go to a temporary text chat over here and go, I can't read the chat. Or you could write an email to me with maybe a screen capture or a more description than I can't, and then I can actually troubleshoot it, but I'm not getting paid to troubleshoot. I'm getting paid to keep gun channels online. And I might be a little testy, but we're crying out loud. Uh, you know, there's certain amount of this stuff that, you know, I'm going to get accused of mansplaining if I tell you how to use your phone. So there's two tips, look to browser to full desktop mode, gun channels to full screen go over to Potato's chat, tell them to go live, click on this, and he'll see the actual chat that's going on. You'll be able to read the chat here. And then you're actually using Gun Channels, a platform that you know, dozens of gun people are paying for so that we can put it online. If maybe hundreds of gun people paid for it, we'd have mobile apps, but uh, we'll quit bitching about that. So that's a quick run through on how to get to the Tater's chat over here on Gun Channels if you're on a phone and you've never done it before.
5: Gun channels works great on my phone.
1: I don't, yeah, appreciate that. So, my phone died because I was watching, uh, what do you call it before? You know, I was running Instagram Live. So, anybody have any quotes or anything that ended out? Any chance? Uh, that air. Photo be nothing. Silence. No, I'm just glad you continued on like the, the show. The